Greetings. You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, and this is episode 21. Hi, everyone. I hope you had an effective African week. And I just want to start by saying thank you. Thank you to everyone who has been a part of the last two weeks and this our third week. We've been doing a three week session on low mood and depression and how it affects our personal life, our working life. And in this week, we'll be covering how low mood and depression, but particularly depression, affects our business life. And it's been great. Thank you to everyone who has taken the time to comment and to engage with the topic. Because the more we engage with these topics, the more we build up the necessary resilience So that even if we are affected by these kinds of mental unwellness episodes, it doesn't get in the way of us leading our best life or certainly doesn't get in the way of us taking the actions that we need to take so that we can continue to live our best life by our freedom and then live the life that we choose. So I wanted to start by saying thank you. And as usual, I mean, it's it's always a pleasure for me to be here. Now, as I said earlier, in week one, we began by exploring low mood and depression. I explored the differences between these two types of experiences. And I looked at how both can impact your personal life and the steps you can take to move your life on in a positive way. In week two, which was last week, I explored the impact of depression in working life and the steps you can take to try and cut a path through your anxieties and your panic attacks and depression. And more importantly, the legal duties your employer has to assist you to stay in your job and to work safely. Now, in this, our third and final episode, I'm going to look at the impact of depression and low mood on your business life and what you can do to offset any adverse effects. So I want to start by saying that it's important that we understand that low mood and depression is a mental state of unhappiness that can bring psychological, emotional and physical effects to your daily life, some of which may be wanted and probably most of which will be unwanted. And having looked at what those effects look like in your personal life and also in your working life, if you've got thoughts about starting a business or you're in the throes of running your business and you're suffering from low mood and depression, then you already know how hard things are for you. You don't need me to tell you this. It's also likely that you are very successful at the things you are doing to start your business or to keep your business running because your public efforts are the things which you will invest most energy in. But no one will know that underneath the smiles and the signs of achievement or success 
that you have self-doubt and anxiety which control a large part of your life. No one will see the struggles you have to get out of bed in the morning and the struggles you will continue to grapple with when you think about all the things you need to do to get you through a day's work. No one will see or even care about how your mental state will sap all your energy and increase your levels of tiredness so that you don't ever feel you are really being productive in your business or achieving anything positive. No one will see the constant battles you have with yourself about you and your work never feeling good enough and how this makes you second guess yourself in your business Because your thought patterns play tricks on you and make you think and feel that you have no right to believe in your ability to do the great things you're doing and that you shouldn't even have the responsibility for your business. No one will see the vicious cycles that you're in when you're terrified that you're not earning enough money and that you then have to go on and manage the financial pressure surrounding that when you know that the reasons you're not earning enough money is because of your mental unwellness. They won't know that at the same time you're thinking this, your depression makes you feel terrified to make and take financial business decisions so you can move the business forward because you're so frightened of making a big financial mistake. Adam Weitz, the founder of a business called Sad Runner, said it best when he said, it's a vicious cycle. You can't work because of your mental illness, but then your depression makes you feel guilty because you can't earn. That self-doubt and anxiety will make you worry that you are not doing enough and that you are making bad financial decisions, which will crash everything you have worked for. There may be panic attacks that you're going to make, one bad business decision that will ruin your business before you've even started. Or there may be panic attacks that just stop you dead in your tracks so that you don't have to make that financial decision at all. In short, no one can see the struggles and the real human suffering that you're going through because, well, it's not the done thing to let people see. And also because sometimes human beings are not always mature enough to separate you, the person, and the personal from you, the business, and the professional. And instead, they're likely to think that if you don't have yourself together on a personal level, then perhaps you might not be the person to trust in business. Or if they know that you have depression, then they will just rule you out altogether because, well, it's not worth the hassle. No one sees the you that sees everything that could possibly go wrong in your business. And no one sees you thinking to yourself that what goes wrong in the business is something to do with what's wrong with you. And they don't see the self-punishing thoughts you have when you see every little mistake as a slight on your worth as a human being and a business person, and how this chain of thoughts makes you question your right to be in business and makes you scared to start that business or make that business decision. People simply don't see the agony you go through when simple things you need to do in your business become mountains to climb when you have to climb your anxieties as well. 
But what's really important is that sometimes you don't see or you won't know the reality that even without low mood or depression, being an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, that's somebody who runs their business solely on their own, or if you're thinking about starting a business, that all of this is going to be hard work, irrespective of whether you have low mood or depression. Yes, starting a business gives you that new money that you'll need to help you to live your best life the way you want to. But before you even get to the point of making that new money, where you can have more control over your working life and your private life, you're going to be pulled in a hundred different directions. You're going to have many client and customer expectations that you're going to have to deal with And you're going to have a hundred different jobs that you will likely have to do on your own because you're a lone business operator. And all of these things are going to be there, whether you have low mood or depression, and they're going to be hard. But there is an additional hardship on you if you have low mood and depression because of the impact of your depression on you, the way you think and the way you feel. There'll be lack of routines when you're running your own business and dealing with mental unwellness because you'll automatically think that the disjointedness that typifies anybody's working day when you're running your own business, you'll think that it's particular to you because of your anxieties or depression. And that's where the process starts, because as long as you are thinking that everything that happens in your business that is bad is because you have low mood and depression, then you're already putting yourself at a disadvantage. And most of the time you won't even know it because you're not looking at it in that way. You see the deficit in yourself because of your low mood or depression rather than to separate what's happening to you personally from what's happening in your business and to give yourself a break. So I want to talk about some of the things that you can do to counter those feelings and to counter that response. So the first thing that you really must do is to separate you from your business Yes, you are your business, but there are many parts to you. And I'll say something about this later. There are many parts to you. You are not all of your business. So if you separate yourself from your business, that way, if something goes wrong in your business, you don't automatically transfer the failings onto you personally. And that way, you won't translate every failure into a crushing blow on your self-worth. Remember that you're not your business. Yes, your business comes from your passion, your creativity and your hard work. But your business is only one expression of you and it's not totally who you are. If you build a balanced life that reflects and loves all the other parts of your identity, like your values, your family, your friends, your hobbies, the things you love to do, the places you love to go and the people you love, just to name but a few, then you're more likely to be reminded that something going wrong in one corner of your life 
is not a reflection of you being wrong in your whole life. You also have to be fair to yourself in private, the way you are fair to others, including your business customers in public. You can imagine the situation where a customer will come to you and you know the customer is in the wrong, but your businessman kicks in because you know that to let a customer leave you with negative feelings about you could take 10 good customers before you overwrite that. So you tend to put all the effort into making sure that that customer who may very well be in the wrong leaves you feeling they're in the right. And what I'm saying is that the effort that you put in in public to let a customer leave you feeling as happy as possible is the same effort that I want you to put into yourself in private. I want you to be fair to yourself. It helps to adopt an understanding that you will never be able to please everyone all the time. And there are some customers who are just intent on being upset with you no matter what you do. And no matter whether you have anxieties, panic attacks, low mood or depression. That's just the way they are. And it doesn't have anything to do with you. And when you think about it in that way, it's much more rewarding to focus on the things that are a real priority for you and your business. And one of the ways that you can do this is to try not to say yes to everything and only say yes to the things that are realistic for you to do and the things that are important to your business. Don't see the opportunity to please someone as an opportunity to lift your spirits because you may be trying to please the wrong customer. It may be a customer or somebody asking you to do something that does not serve you, that does not help you. Another thing that you should think about is working only when you feel able to work. Because if you do this, then you allow yourself the space and time to feel better so that you can have a healthy work and private life balance. Research shows that sometimes even working at night when it's quieter or when there are less demands on you from your customers is a better time to work. Because you can do more tasks like copywriting or completing tasks that require more of your concentration because it's just a bit quieter and there's less of this noise going on. But then there's another side to this because if you only work when you can work, then when your anxieties or your panic attacks or your depressive episode is in full flight then your finances, the income in your business, the money you're likely to earn is likely to be effective. And you're going to find yourself in a position that if you don't work, then you don't eat. So it's really important to find a healthy pattern of being able to work on your business priorities at a time when you feel you can get the most done and then push, push, push at that particular time. Because at least if you work like that, you'll feel that you're being productive and achieving the most important things for your business. And when you do that, you'll give yourself those positive feelings because you know that as you're working, you'll also be earning. And when you're earning, you'll know that you'll be relieving some of the financial pressures that will undoubtedly come from perhaps other periods when you have not worked and therefore not earned.
One of the things that I've often advised my clients to do when I'm working with them therapeutically is to think of starting a duvet day fund. Now, I know it sounds funny, but there is this saying, you know, that no matter whether you have low mood or anxieties or panic attacks or depression, everybody wakes up on a particular morning and thinks to themselves, do you know what? I just can't be bothered to go into work today. So I'm having a duvet day. A duvet day is where you just stay in bed and you eat your favourite food and you watch your favourite films and you just stay warm under the duvet. When I'm working with people in their businesses, I take it a step further and I say to them that maybe you should think about starting a duvet day fund. And a duvet day fund is when you make a decision to put a small amount of money away every week or every month for the sole purpose of being able to cover any financial priorities you may have when you're unable to work or when you don't want to work. Because if you've got anxieties or panic attacks or low mood or depression, when you don't want to work, you're going to likely associate that feeling with your mental unwellness. And what I'm saying is that in order to not add additional pressure to yourself, think about starting a duvet day fund because this will help to take away some of the stress you feel when your depressive episode is particularly bad and you feel unable to work. Because then in the back of your mind, you'll know that if there is a bill to pay, you have a fund that you can go to, that you can withdraw money from, that you can use to pay that bill so that you can have the time out that you need. I always add, however, that this fund should be reviewed every year to make sure that you are using it effectively. And also that you shouldn't withdraw money out for any other purposes. This is your special fund to support you when you need to have time off just to be with yourself. And I also advocate that at the end of the year, when you do that review, if you haven't used that duvet day fund, then it's a time for celebration and you need to reward yourself big When you've managed a period of time without needing to dip into that fund because you found an ability to get through that difficult period based on your own emotional resilience, then for me, that's a time to reward yourself. And when you're rewarding yourself, think holiday. Think holiday to a hot country of your choice because that will be just what you need to keep yourself upbeat and to love and reward yourself for your achievements. Now, if you're prone to forgetting deadlines, then another thing that you really need to consider is setting up a reminder system for yourself. Now, that reminder system can include writing tasks down. Just make a simple to-do list on your computer and just write down everything that you have to do. Once you've written down everything, you can then take another list and then pull out the top five things that you need to achieve in a day or a week and put everything else out of eyesight so that you don't overface yourself. Because if you're running your own business, there's going to be lots of things you have to do, whether you have mental unwellness episodes or not. 
So just pull out the top five things and focus on those. And if you can achieve those, then celebrate those achievements. The other thing that you can do is to use your smartphone. Smartphones are perfect for reminders because not only can you write down everything you need to remember, but you can also set reminder alarms for every kind of reminder period you can think of. And then those reminders will pop up on your phone screen as often as you need them to. For me, it almost feels like having a personal reminder system on your desk with nobody talking in your ear. Your phone is next to you and you pick up the phone and you can see the reminder and it acts as a safety net to check that you've done the most important things that you need to do. It also might help to put checks and balances in place to manage your anxieties and stress in your business. Having a balanced life that includes the best sleep patterns you can get, a good diet, good rest breaks during the day, adopting simple rituals that help to replace the cycles of stress, exhaustion and panic attacks that you often feel during your working day. Taking time off from work and taking time off from your smartphones and devices and your social media accounts so that you don't feel you have to check them every single minute of every day. And instead of doing these things, spending positive time rewarding yourself for your successes are all things that help you to remember how great you're doing despite the thoughts that are going on in your head. And what I don't want you to forget is that there is as much benefit in finding trusting people who you can share your real struggles and feelings with as there is in just being by yourself. You may find it hard at first because it can feel like a terrifying thing to let someone into your innermost pain and your innermost fear. But what you don't know is that once you find that trusting person or that trusting relationship or group, a networking group, for example, this will be a game changer for you because the person or those people will support you to open yourself up to being emotionally honest with yourself and emotionally honest with them so that they can support you. And they will make you feel that you can come to them for support without feeling guilty. And that experience in itself will be so positive that it will free you from the negative thoughts you have that try to make you feel guilty or try to make you think that you're burdening people with your problems. But what those relationships also do, which is perhaps even more important for you, is that they take away your fear of asking for help. Because when you can ask for help, what that is doing is building emotional muscle. It's putting muscles on your emotions. It's what we call building emotional resilience. Overall, when you look at this subject of anxiety, panic attacks, low mood and depression in your business life, it's good to remember that you are the boss of you and you should take on those negative thoughts as if they are an invader in your business. You should challenge them and not let them win. Whenever they creep in, 
challenge them by questioning yourself and asking, what are my thoughts trying to tell me about me? And are what my thoughts are trying to tell me true about me? There is a position that I adopt when I am working with people who are going through low mood and depressive episodes where I say to them that no matter what your thoughts are telling you, always think the opposite. Because when you're going through low mood, anxiety and depressive episodes, the thoughts that come into your head will always try to make you think negatively and make you think the worst and feel the worst about yourself. And so I always say, think the opposite and look for trusted things to do or trusted people that you can be with who will support you to reinforce the positive feeling that you are trying to replace in your mind. Because those positive things and those positive people will help you to drive out those negative thoughts. You can acknowledge that the thoughts are there because when they come into your head, they are real. But there's no evidence that what you're thinking about yourself is true. So after you've acknowledged that the thoughts are there, the aim is to move through those thoughts as quickly as possible by telling yourself that these thoughts are not giving a real or true picture of you and are therefore not worthy of taking up space in your day. It's up to you to fight for the confidence you need to have in yourself and to fight to let your confidence shine through. Remember, you are the boss of you. Your thoughts are not you. And if your negative thoughts have got nothing better to do than to try to bring you down, then you stamp on them, you push them out and you find positive things that you love to do or positive people that you love to be around and you seek support and you do those things to help to drive those negative thoughts out. And if you feel to yourself, I can't go to that person again, then they're not the right person. Because somebody who is truly there for you will always make space for you and will always make you feel that it's okay to have contacted them and will always make you feel that you did the right thing by picking up the phone or by knocking the door. If you can see yourself in the examples that I've used in this episode or in the previous two episodes of this podcast, then maybe it's time to start to reflect on how you can free yourself so that you can live your best life. If you're having low mood or depressive episodes, then those episodes are going to be getting in the way of you doing you. And maybe it's time to take steps to take back control of your life. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. What I am saying is that when you make the decision to take that first step, you may not realise it, but you've already done half the work. If you would like a more personal level of support about any of the topics we've been talking about, 
then feel free to inbox me via my social media accounts and I'll do my best to respond to you as quickly as possible. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asha and I'm out. Mm-hmm.